Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money-saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. NinjaBling.com, the online home of Moritz Royce Jewelry, the exclusive jeweler of the Riz Show. Check out their huge collection, including one-of-a-kind pieces from the Simon G Collection. Or they can make you your own, custom-built piece just for you. And because they have an upstairs location, Moritz Royce can save you money over the street-level stores. Make an appointment. Head to NinjaBling.com to get the address and phone number. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Moritz Royce Jewelry, where you get the jewels and not the shit. Hot Shots Sports Bar and Grill has been a proud home of Blues fans in St. Louis since 1990. And Hot Shots is an official partner of your St. Louis Blues. Swing by any of their 10 area locations tonight for the best blues party in town. And don't forget about Blues Ticket Tuesday with your chance to score a pair of blues tickets at every Hot Shots location during every Tuesday Blues game this season. Get details, see all the specials, and find a Hot Shots near you at hotshotsbar.com slash blues. He scores! This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango and Jeff Burton from 105.7 The Point. And uh, Jeff, we got a guest. He's right there. How cool is this? Barrett Jackman joining us for the Blues Last Minute Podcast. Wow, man. Thanks for doing this. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's funny because you got all flipped out when I told you he was going to do this, yes. right? Yes. But I can tell you, and be flipped out because look at the guy, right? Yeah. But when he was on, when Barrett was on the, the Riz Show, right? I was the same way until he started talking. Super nice, down to earth. Every damn NHL player that I've met is like this. Yeah, it, it seems like a, we, we, you know, it's like an easier time interviewing you NHLers, man. Just good people. Yeah, you got to be down to earth, or you're not going to last. Uh, you're going to get a, you know, punch in the mouth or a stick <laughs> over the head. So, you know, it, it kind of knocks the uh, arrogance uh, out of you pretty quickly. You know, I think one of the the first things that I am, am very curious about when it comes to you, Barrett, is. And we've, we're going to bounce around here a lot and talk about some hockey things and non-hockey things. But what is it like to be retired? That's got a kick freaking ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was real tough at first. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of, you know, I've had a schedule my entire life. Uh, you know, whether it's the summer, you got your workouts and, uh, you know, you know exactly what you're going to do. And all of a sudden you uh, you retire and you see all your, you know, your ex-teammates are going to the rink and, uh, you're dropping the kids off at school at eight in the morning, and then all of a sudden you're twi- uh, you know you twiddle your thumbs for for hours and, and wait till the kids get out of school. And my wife right away was uh, she was all over me. She uh, you know the the honeydew list, but uh, I'd be calling her for for lunch every day, and she just looks at me. She's like you know 
I don't do this. Right? <laughs> I got my own life. You got your life. You go do something and, and don't mess with my routine. So, yeah, it, it was uh, it was tough to, to start, but uh, you kind of get into it and, and get a few things that uh, keep you busy. And, and speaking of busy, you don't have the retired hockey player body like a lot of people have. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to name any names, uh, but you can tell that going to the gym is no longer their job. <laughs> so what do you? What do you? Are you just continuing to work out? Is yeah, it a health you know, thing? That's, is it both? What? Yeah, you know, it's health. Uh, you know, my body is kind of falling apart over the years, so uh, really, it's just going to the gym just to keep the body intact, so I could, you know, go on the ice with my son. Uh, and uh, help coach or, you know, just, just be able to do everyday things. So it, it's really, and it's a time killer. So to go, to the, <laughs> go to the gym uh, a couple hours a day, you know, half of it's kind of, you know, sitting there stretching and, and pretending you're doing something, and, sure, uh, yeah. you know, or you're, you're pedaling the bike and, and watching a show and then you realize that your legs aren't moving and you're still on the bike. So, yeah, but Rachel's <laughs> making, making one hell of a dish up there, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, you, you got to keep going to the gym you know you, you think about your kids uh, long term you want to be around and uh, you know all the health issues and stuff like that you want to make sure you, you get ahead of them do you have anything lingering from your playing days you were such a physical player I would think that you would have to oh yeah yeah it's, you name it yeah. <laughs> right then it hurts the change of weather hurts uh, since I retired I've had two surgeries already one on an elbow and uh, uh, had my hip uh, you know kind of redone wasn't a total replacement yet but uh, you know, I was, it was I had trouble walking around, so that was another thing that I had done. So, a dumb question, and anything that I ask you that you don't want to answer, just don't. But after you're retired, who pays for the surgery? Because when you're playing, it's it's play, paid by the team. I'm assuming is it an NHL PA thing or what? Um, you know, I think both my surgeries were covered by uh, the Nashville Predators because I had you know pre-existing uh, workers' oh, comp okay. type thing, but. Uh, you know, we were very lucky to have a pretty good, uh, you know, health insurance while playing. And then, you know, that's a, you know, rude awakening too, when all of a sudden you're done and you got to get your own health insurance, yeah. but still, uh, still on the, you know, NHL PA or NHL healthcare, but coming out of my own pocket now. Can, can you imagine? Okay. Mr. Jackman, it's a $45 copay. What? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, what is a copay? <laughs> exactly. I would imagine, and you kind of alluded to it, but you are, when you're, when you, what, 15, 16 year career, something like that, you are taken care of. You're told where to go, when to go, and you are brought there. What a rude awakening. Oh, and probably even beforehand when you're, you know, playing juniors and all that stuff. Yeah, too. juniors, you know, and, you know, your parents are taking care of you before you leave home. And then all of a sudden you leave home at uh, 16 and, you know, you, you got people that are, you know, you got a billet family. They're kind of telling you, you know, at home what to do. And then, you know, you got your, your practices set, you got your game set and you, you know, your schedule six months in advance. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you're in the NHL too, you get a text message, you know, every night you get the schedule for the next day, where you got to be, what you got to do, all your obligations with the team or, or media, and, and then all of a sudden that goes away. Did you ever have nightmares about your alarm not going off and you're late for a game or you miss a plane or something like that? Oh, all the time. I had, uh, you know, reoccurring just kind of driving down to uh, to Scott Trade or Enterprise or Keel or Savas, whatever it was called <laughs> at the time, uh, 
driving and, and thinking that, you know, I was going to walk into the dressing room and there would be, you know, security taking me out because I was just some random guy that was coming down to the ranks. So. Like being wow. an NHL player was all a dream or yeah, something. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh, so, my gosh. You know, you, you get those things and you got to pinch yourself every once in a while and realize where you're at and, and, and what you've done. And that was uh, that was a reoccurring thing for me. It was just waking up and, and you know, going to the rink and, Somebody telling you that, uh, you know, excuse you don't me, belong sir, here, but, boy. Yeah. yeah, you better turn around or, uh, you know, we're going to jump you. Right. <laughs> Is that the equivalent of, of us being locked out of the studio with the song about to end? Oh, absolutely. Is that what that dream is? Millions of times <laughs> oh. I used to dream. I used to dream when I first got into radio, I used to dream that I would wake up because there was silence. Yeah. Which, which meant there was dead air. <laughs> right. Like I would wake up in the middle of my bedroom and there would be silence, which there's supposed to be. Right. And I'd be like, oh, there's not a song going. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> I'd knock my drink over and everything. Right. It's crazy. So talk about uh, the, the younger years. And, and, and Jeff asked this last week when we had Joey Vitale, and I thought it was such a great question. When did you know that the NHL was a distinct possibility, that playing pro was, was something that, you know, was at least in, in the cards for you? Uh, I think it was when I left home at 16 and uh, I was playing uh, major junior up in uh, up in Canada and walked into a dressing room and there was f- probably four or five first round draft picks. Uh, and, you know, there was two guys that were, were going to play in the NHL uh, at 19. And, uh, you know, I, had, I went to training camps. I was playing games with these guys that are all drafted, you know, pretty high. And, and then, you know, it was probably when I was 17 in my draft year and, just kind of realizing that there were scouts that were actually talking to me and, uh, you know, I was playing pretty good hockey. And that was when I, I kind of had that idea that, you know, this might actually, you know, come to uh, fruition. I, I have the tendency, and I know that this is going to probably surprise you, Barrett, as, as we're just getting to know each other. <laughs> Jeff, you're going to giggle. Uh, sometimes when the moment is big, I have a tendency to go, whoa, this is a huge thing. And I kind of get in my head about it. When you're 16 years old and you're in a room with four or five first-round picks, how do you just do what you do? How do you not be in your head? How do you just kind of kind of play and do what you know how to do? Uh, I think it was just preparation when you're 13, 14 years old. I was I was very lucky. I was playing against guys that were 21 when I was 13 and 14. And, uh, you know, I just always, once you get on the ice, that's, that was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, going out there, you know, fighting guys that were way older than me, you know, playing hockey at a high level against these guys and, and you know, coming out on top of, you know, quite a few times. So I think it was just my comfort zone. And, yeah. you know, you you think about it when you're away from the rink and you're like, holy cow, you know, I'm playing against uh, Mario Lemieux next week. And, you're, you know, you kind of freak out a little bit. But as soon as that puck's dropped, it's – you know, you don't really see the face or the or the name on the back. You just see the jerseys and and say, you know, here we go. You know, I I want to rise to the occasion and and be my best. I yeah. think the parallel in our world is how many how many bands have you interviewed to where they're only comfortable on stage? Or, yeah. Or for my side of it, with the morning show, the amount of comedians that are so uncomfortable everywhere except for that stage. Yeah. I think it, it's like that a lot of times with professional athletes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's things that you get uncomfortable with. Media for me at, at the beginning was, you know, it was very uncomfortable. But you know, the more you do it, the more you, you know, you, you kind of prepare. And you're still guarded in a lot of ways when you're outside of the locker room. But it's it's one of those things where, you know, hockey is, is our – you know the one thing that we we do the best, and you know anything else you 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 want to 
kind of measure yourself up to how you play hockey, and you'll never never get that feeling. When you first uh, was was drafted 17th by the At Blues? At 17th, yeah. Yeah, 17th by the Blues. What was your first thought about, oh, man, I'm going to St. Louis? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Did you know about St. Louis? Did you think of the organization and know anything? Uh, yeah, so, you know, when you got guys like Chris Pronger and, uh, and Al McInnes are the, you know, the, the two defensemen that are there and just amazing players and, and two of the, the best in the league, uh, you know about them as a defenseman. And, uh, I had actually been down to St. Louis probably about three weeks to a month prior for, for an interview and, and workouts. And so, you know, you get to know a little bit about the city just while you're here for three or four days. And then, uh, you know, you you definitely you look at the roster. You look at you know what type of team you know is interviewing you, and you know you, you get familiar with it. What no, did you no, think? What, what I meant was yeah. make sure you put everything away in your car and don't leave anything on the seat because whatever's in your car in your car could be gone. That's more what I meant. But that was very nice of you to say it that way. But you know what? And sorry, Donnie, when no. you bring up Pronger and you bring up McKinnis. When you're talking about the best defensemen in the history of this storied franchise, and your name is right there with those two guys, at least in my mind and everybody else I've talked to about it, that's got to flip you out a bit, whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, I think it's just because I was here for so long. So, you know, you think of names and, and my name's there. But, yeah, I was at no no way, shape, or form at the level of those two guys. They were you know, amazing mentors, which – you know, the one thing that I could maybe be up there is being a mentor or a leader, but uh, the way that those guys played the game and, and just how good they were and dominant for so many years, uh, it'd be it's kind of cool that somebody might mention my name, but those guys are above and beyond. So if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but you were paired with Al McGinnis your rookie year. Yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, he was <laughs> How'd that amazing. work out for you? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> It was pretty good. Uh, I was up for the Norris, and uh, yeah, I won a, a little trophy that year. So yeah, a little was... rookie of the year. This guy was so good, he was in the running for rookie of the year his second year in the league. <laughs> you, do you know who you barely beat out for the rookie of the year? Uh, what were their names? Uh, I remember the Richard, one name. Richard Nash and uh, Richard Nash. Yeah, uh, Rick, Rick Nash. Oh, and Hen- Hen- Henrik. Henrik. Some uh, Z- Zeter. 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 Burger. Zeter. Oh wow! How you doing? Wow! Yeah. So you beat out a couple good ones, yeah, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah. Notice so, neither one of those guys has been on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Not yet, man. Not yet. <laughs> so, so when you are when you're paired with Al McGinnis as a young man. Uh, I, I'm thinking that you're smart enough to know I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to listen to everything that this guy says, and I'm going to do it. Oh, absolutely. He uh, he actually gave me a call in the summer. Uh, I think it was two years before I actually made the team, and uh, he t- he called me out of the blue, and I, I just thought it was the uh, you know the craziest things. He's like, "Hey, this is Al Al McKinnis," and I'm like, "Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one of my high school buddies is this? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, so he called me and. And just said, hey, you know, I know that you're a good player. I went to training camp with him a couple times. And he's like, if you want to get ahead in this league and be ahead of other people, you have to start training the right way. And I'm like, yes, sir. What do you want me to do? He's like, I have a trainer down in Phoenix. I want you to come down, uh, train with him. I might be there. I might not be. But, you know, Keith Kachuk's going there. Doug Waite. Chris Pronger, all these other guys, and I'm like, yes, sir. And wow. And you're not even teammates at this point. Not even teammates. And then, uh, so the next, or that, I got off the phone with uh, with Al, and, you know, 
making sure it was actually him. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I just called my agent and I told him, I go, hey, I, I need to get into this guy. And so the next day I was on a flight to Phoenix and, and working out the, the day after Damn. that. Do you, do you see guys that have those things offered to them by players like Al and not take them up on it? Or, or for the most part, do guys go, this is way too good of an opportunity to pass up, I can't do it? Or is anybody, you know, bold enough to kind of think that maybe they don't need it? Or Yeah, okay, Al. I'll, take <laughs> yeah. I'll see you there, Al. Well, maybe not an Al's in this particular instance, but well, maybe with yeah. somebody else. Yeah. yeah, there are some guys that are pretty arrogant, and they think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing things the right way, and I'm going to stick with my way. But when a guy like Al McKinnis calls me, you know, and it could have been anybody. It could have been a you know a sixth defenseman or a fourth line player that said, "Hey, you know, come work out with me." I would have been there in a heartbeat. And yeah, it's just my mentality. If somebody's going to give you a little olive branch, you you take it and you you exceed on that. Same yeah. thing. Same thing. That's what we always say here, man. Uh, and real quickly, as as long as we're talking about Al McKinnis, All Star Game, fifty six years old, wooden stick, a hundred point four miles per hour. Just between us girls. Was that real? And you can answer however you would like to. <laughs> 100% real. Really? And wow, good maybe, for him. Congratulations. Maybe, Let's move maybe on. not. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't give a shit if it was real or not. I either. I just had to know. I was clapping on my coffee table when it was happening. And wow. I was I was telling my daughter, like, Ava, come here, come here, come oh, here. I was yeah. doing that. And it's used a wooden stick. Yeah, it, it was amazing. Just for him to be on the ice in front of all those people and and you know not fall down when you're taking yeah. a slap shot uh-huh. and it it looked pretty hard to me and uh but yeah just the way that the the blues and the in the league uh just kind of had the alumni out there and Brett Hall and and Kachuk and Hall and uh Frederico it was that was pretty special for a lot of people in the stands and you bring up the alumni, and I know you and I have discussed this privately before, but the alumni of the St. Louis Blues is the gold standard around the NHL is what I've been to- what, what I've been told. Like the other teams come here and watch you guys and go, okay, let's take this, this, and this and take it back to – why, where, where, why is the alumni here so amazing? What happened? I think it's just a great city to raise a family. You come here, yeah – it's kind of a sleepy city when you, you come as a visitor, uh, uh, as a player and, you know, you just don't realize, you know, all the different areas, you know, your, your Clayton, your, uh, Kirkwood, Chesterfield and all that. But if you get to play here, you, you see those areas, you see how nice the people are. Uh, you don't just see kind of a downtown that doesn't have a lot going on. You, you see the entire city and, um, you know, guys like Al who stayed in prongs and, uh, Basil McRae, Rob Ramage, uh, Larry Patey, uh, Blake Dunlop. There's, there's, you know, uh, Bruce Affleck. So many guys that just, just make you feel. As soon as you're alumni, as soon as you're a player here, they're, they're there to support you. And, and, you know, as a player, when you're done, that's what you want. You want a community and, and, and teammates, and, and that's what we have. And like you said, it's an immediate Band-Aid ripoff when you get when you retire, and here you are with the Alumni Association being able to still have that team atmosphere, and you guys do a lot of good around town too. Yeah, and going back to the point where you said that other teams come in and, and try and duplicate what we have, and uh, that alumni game that we had last Thursday, uh, there was 31, uh, you know, I guess, division reps for each team, and they came out and they saw that. They were in our locker room. 
uh, which has a full bar, and they were serving a lot of Bud Light. But <laughs> just like uh, the old alumni locker room, <laughs> exactly. by the way. Yes, yeah. We're, yeah, we're treated very well. The here, bar but, went in first before <laughs> any lockers or electricity, yeah. anything oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah, just just having things like that. But um, at an All Star game, there's never been an alumni game. So for us to do that first, and and we had uh, alumni meetings on the Friday morning, and. You know, everybody within there were saying, hey, Florida, you know, guess good what? Good luck. Yeah. 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 Good luck getting all these guys to come. So, it, you know, it's it's the gold standard, definitely. And, you know, proud to be a part of it. That's cool. You know, you mentioned uh, one of your uh, one, one of your old teammates, Keith Kachuk. And, uh, you know, last night Blues play Calgary. And I'm thinking to myself, between Matthew and Brady Kachuk, those are two very bold young men. There seems to be, or at least I had always thought that there was sort of like a, you know, you kind of earn the right to maybe sometimes play the way that those guys play. But the Kachuks, they don't care. Oh, they're hot they're, right out of the box. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're going right after it. What do you think about that? Is there sort of kind of an unspoken way that maybe younger players are supposed to come up in the game? Are these guys stepping on toes? Are they just being great young players with spark? What is because I I I like the feisty. I yeah. like the feisty a lot. You know, and it's just the way they are. Yeah, uh, they're not hiding their personalities. Uh, the first time I saw both of those kids, they were two and four years old in the locker room, and I had, I was a black ace. So I just got called up for the playoffs, standing off to the side, just minding my own business, trying to blend into New the wall. New kid in class. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, these two. Two kids, you know, little blondes come flying into the dressing room and they got gloves on, they got a little mini stick and they just stop, they stare at each other, they drop their gloves, start punching each other in the face and I'm sitting there thinking, should I break these two up? <laughs> like, does anybody see this happening? Where is some parents? You know, or should we be making wagers on which kid's going to win? And, uh, yeah, so they just punch each other in the face. Walt comes around the uh, the corner. Hey, knock it off. And the kids picked up their stuff, ran back into the dress room. And so, you know, I've known them since then. And, That's just them, huh? But, yeah, their personalities, they're great. And, you know, Big Walt is a, is a big you know, personality as well, and their family is amazing. And you know, they're they're playing with an edge, and they're both really good players. And you know, do you want Matthew to maybe tone it down a little bit in the in the media? You know what? Who cares? That's the way he is. So yeah, and and it gets it. people to to read about the sport. It gets people to watch the sport. And I am not a follower of. Uh, the Flames, and I'm not a follower of the uh, Montreal Canadiens necessarily, but the two of them are playing again this weekend, I think, or very soon, and I'd be I'll be watching that because of the yeah. whole Cassian thing. Well, and, yeah. well, and also too, wasn't it wasn't it Brady last night that beat the bejesus out of PK Subban? Yes, well, oh, yeah, two I nights ago. Oh, two nights ago. Yeah. Wow, oh, really? Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. good. That was good. Yeah, I took him to the house. Man. I just assumed Subban was a fighter, like a good fighter. There, no, there's a lot because he's, he's a big guy. He's maybe, big and strong. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't do it. Mean you he, know he doesn't how to fight, fight guess, as much. Right? Yeah, he doesn't fight as much anymore. But yeah, it was you know that was pretty cool to oh, see too. What was your first NHL fight, and what were you thinking going into it, or do you remember? Um, exhibition game. I think it was my first first game. I think I got in two fights. I fought uh, a Russian first that 
kind of ragdolled him and then uh never heard of him again ever yeah. again yeah you hit him right back to russia and then uh denny lambert came in and everybody from the bench was just screaming at me don't do it oh, don't do boy. it and i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> here we go yeah try and make the team so ended up having an unbelievable fight against him and yeah, I hit him in the head quite a few times, and they said they could hear from the press box. And <laughs> so walked walked into the dressing room after the game, and everybody was like, where did that come from? Like, where did you learn how to do that? I'm like, eh. You know, I've probably been in 75 fights already in my, you know, young career and junior and, and, and that. So I just, you got to learn. How often is it that when you have an opponent that, that, that you're fighting or that, you know, that you're used to for whatever, for, for big games, whatever – that you really personally do not like that person. I would assume that that is a very small percentage, that that most of the time, even as competitors, you still respect and like the other person, but there's got to be those guys where you're like, damn, if you were on fire, I wouldn't put you out. Yeah, there's just a few around the league, and lots of times, too, you just hate them because of the way that they play against you, but you talk to their teammates, and they love them, and it's one of those... You know, hate to play against, but would love to have on your yeah. team. And like Steve Ott, I knew him uh, playing World Juniors against each other for uh, Team Canada, but playing against him, I wanted to rip his eyes out. <laughs> and you know, and I still respected him off the ice, but just every time he got on the ice, I'm like, I want to kill you. <laughs> and, but he's one of my, you know, really good friends, uh, you know, to this day. And uh, you know, being teammates with him, he was amazing. And and you know. Uh, stood above everybody with his leadership, his passion for the game. And, you know, he wasn't afraid to be a rat because that's what made him his best and, and what was best for his team. One, one of my favorites from that particular category over the years is Jordan Tutu. He's that guy that Oof. could not stand the dude. Yeah. And I don't know anything about him personally, other than obviously his background that we all know about. But personally speaking, I wouldn't have. There was a time, a season or two, I wouldn't mind him having being a blue. But yeah, hated playing against the guy. Well, because he went from the Predators to Detroit. Yeah, which to me, like you put the red and white on, then I ought to. I mean, there's just not a lot coming. That back was a from dark that. time for Jamie Rivers and our friendship <laughs> when he was playing with Detroit. Uh, you know, that we, is for we, sure. we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Um, I actually forgot, Barrett, that you had played the last year of your 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 career in Nashville, mm-hmm. and I saw. I went back and I saw a picture of you in a Predators jersey, and it reminded me. And I told Burton of seeing Bernie on a hockey card in in a Red mm-hmm. Wings jersey. It just didn't look right. How, how is that when you've been with a team your entire career? You know, you 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 make the move, you go to Nashville, and to put on that other sweater for the first time or that Nashville Predators T shirt, that's got to be weird. Oh, it was really weird. Uh, you know, go back to those nightmares. You play for the Blues for so many years, and you go. I I felt like a rookie again. I did. You know, you go into the dressing room. You barely know how to get to the rink. You get into the rink, and you don't know where any anything is. And I, I, you know, asking questions to everybody. I was always the guy that somebody needed to know something about St. Louis or about the rank or where things are. I was always that guy, and, you know, I was definitely out of my comfort zone. And I don't want to get all, you know, Oprah on you or anything, but <laughs> after, like, 15, 16 years with the Blues and the success that you had, Rookie of the Year, and winning lots of hockey games and being very well-respected in the locker room for them to go, thanks, see you later. How did that feel? Um, I saw it coming. Uh, you know, we had so many good young D-men. Um you know, salary cap, just there was a lot of things. And, and I, I saw it coming. I'm, 
you know, I've been around the business of hockey and, and seen so many of my you know good friends being traded away just because of circumstances and, and not necessarily the the way that they played or or how they were playing. So, you know, my last year, I, there was a lot of signs and and you know, I I looked at rosters, I I knew the makeup of of teams and and who was coming up for the minors and I knew it was coming. I you know, I, I kind of was at peace with it. I you know. Would I love to sign one more year and and finish my career? It would have been amazing, but you know they they, they treated me very well here, and I you know I, I really can't regret anything. Well, and clearly you didn't burn any bridges because here yeah. you are, part of the alumni and representing the St. Louis Blues all the time. So. Can I can I go one more Oprah? Whatever. Dude. All right, uh, I was going to write this down yesterday because I was so afraid of how to ask this to you. Don't don't put your hand on your mouth like that. No, I'm not. <laughs> that makes that makes no. Me I just know what you're going to yeah, ask. Yeah, yeah. So is, is so, the door locked behind me, or am I still able to run out of here? So <laughs> oh, it's open in case we need to run right, out. Right. So you you had such a, a storied career here, man. But I'll be. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just going to say it. The last year or so, it seems like there were people that were vocally not happy with your level of play. And it would get to the point that it pissed me off. Like, I would be chirping at people on social media being like, do you not respect the guy that has been here doing this in and out? Do you, does any of that stuff filter down to you, that that negative, that the, those kinds of things when people are, are, you know, being the way that people have a tendency to be? Yeah. Um, earlier on in my career, I, you know, I could maybe say it bothered me, but at the end, you know, fans are fans, and, and yeah. they have the, the right to their opinion. And um, You know, was I the fastest player? Was I, you know, I wasn't playing 22 minutes a night and playing against the top players. I was playing against some, you know, some other situations and not playing as much, and it's it's harder to play when you're not playing. So, sure. um, you know, I wasn't known as a goal scorer, uh, point guy. I was a penalty killer and a defensive defenseman, so... You know, if I get burnt for one goal every five games, that's that's all people think about, and and so, you know, I get it. I, you know, if if I'm not noticed and nobody talks about me, then I'm doing my job. And if I if I get, you know, a, a clip in a you know in a highlight package, it's usually getting scored on. I'm I'm being I'm willing to bet you uh-huh. that nobody goes up to Bear Jackman at Starbucks and goes, "Hey, <laughs> clear the pot." Right. <laughs> You know, right. nobody's coming to your face. It's with that plexiglass in between them or the keyboard. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, I said this years ago. Eric Brewer was getting, uh, oh, just getting bashed. What oh, a whipping boy. Just oh. getting bashed. And, you know, he was traded for Pronger and they expected Chris Pronger. And, and Brewer wasn't that, but he was a leader. He was named the captain. And uh, you know, the media came up to the one day and, and said, hey, you know, should Eric Brewer be the captain? Is he really, you know, right for the job? And I just I stopped him all. I go, hey, if you guys are reading these blogs where, you know, somebody's sitting in their mom's basement on a keyboard and mm-hmm. think that Eric Brewer is not the right captain for the team, you ask anybody in this dressing room, you know, I, and if those guys want to come to our face and say it, then do it because you don't know his character or what he means to this team. And he is the captain and, you know, that's enough of it. And everyone just... You got it. Going to yes, sit up. Sir. Okay. Yes, All sir. Right. Have you ever had? Did you? I'm sorry, Donnie. No, no, no. Did you ever have, especially during your playing career? I'd imagine it wouldn't happen now. Anybody ever come up to you and just go, "Let's go," like like challenge you? Because I re- I had a I had a conversation with Twist about this years ago. That 
he would never fight anybody off the ice because it's a lose-lose situation for him. If he beats the crap out of somebody in a parking lot of a bar, he goes to jail and Tony Twist beat up some guy. And if he gets beat up, then it's some Joe Schmo beat up Tony Twist. It's a lose-lose. But did it ever happen with you? Um, you know, I've, I've been shouldered in the bar quite a few times oh, and, and all that, but you, um, they're just, they're looking for a reaction. They're looking for a lawsuit and they're looking for a, a, a big story. And, you know, like you said, it's a lose lose. So, you know, I, I always try to keep myself out of those situations. And when you see a guy that's, that's drunk and thinks that they're pretty tough, you just, you back away and you, you go somewhere you else. You look at him and say, Hey, Jimmy Campbell, get home. <laughs> There's... <laughs> You know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Bud Light and uh, tequila in, in different bars around St. Louis, so you could always find a new spot. And he's a, you're another one of those guys. Like, and I always bring up Jamie Rivers and Jim Campbell because during their heyday, I hung out with them a lot because they were on the radio station. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they never once that I know of got pulled over, got in trouble for anything. Because dudes, every every time I hung out with them, I had a car service of some sort. I don't remember you being in any kind of Dutch whatsoever. Ever seem, once, yeah, pretty clean, pretty clean living guy. Yeah, you you got to be smart, and you, you learn from the older guys. You learn from Al, and you know, yeah, I've, the drunk that Al was. <laughs> yeah. You got to learn from him. Uh, you just you know, being a professional, just putting yourself in in a situation to succeed and not to fail, and uh, that's what I was taught uh, my first couple of years, and and you know, you live to that uh, you know motto today. We feel like we're in a bit of a sort of a pinch me mode right now as Blues fans. Everything has been so awesome for the last couple of years, from Winter Classic to the Cup to this amazing weekend, this All Star weekend. You know, Barrett as a as a player, as a former Blue, as a St. Louisan, uh, can you just kind of talk about maybe the last year or so as a, as a Blues fan in your world? Yeah, it's it's been amazing, and like you said, pinch me. It's. So many things have gone right from, you know, the Winter Classic to, you know, the the playoff run, the Stanley Cup, the the All-Star game, and, and just the way that the fans are just representing St. Louis so well. And, you know, there's been a black eye in St. Louis over the last, you know, seven, eight years. And, you know, this is, a you know, the Rams leaving, uh, things like that, that I think all – kind of doubt around the uh the country in north america is completely erased with what the the blues and the fans and the organization have done over the last you know two and a half years to to change that and uh, the future looks pretty bright for the next handful of years at least from a player standpoint yeah uh you know doug armstrong has done an amazing job of locking up some some key players for for good contracts and um, you know, you got to get Petro uh, under contract, and but yeah, the the guys coming up for the minors too. Uh, Mikula was a you know a D man that you know I've worked with uh, a couple years ago, and I love the way that he played. I love his personality, and you know you get a guy like that to come up too. So um, and Cairo who's come up and played well. You got Costin. You got you know you got a lot of guys that will fill these holes. And, you know, the guys that are already here, they're all looking really good. And, and Chief as a coach is, is amazing. It's funny that you bring up, is it Mikolas? Is it Michaelis? Is that how you say it? Nico Mikolas? Something like that? Mikola. Mikola, yeah. What did I call him the other day? I called him a baseball player's name. Miles Mikolas. Uh, yeah. Michaelis, yeah. <laughs> it's funny guys. that you say that you skated with him because he kind of reminds me the little bit of him that, that I saw of you. Because he's very calm with the puck, good skater, all that. Just seems like a really good, I don't want to say the term stay-at-home defenseman because who knows at this point. He just seemed like he fit in right away. 
Yeah, he's great. He he plays a very aggressive style, so that really you know kind of erases the the hesitancy of of some of the young guys. So uh, he's you know six foot five. He's got that long reach, and he just he's always moving his feet. So you know, he doesn't really put himself into a bad situation. And um, yeah, like you said, his calmness with the puck. He was making great plays when he was here, and uh, it was an unbelievable audition for him. And no, he probably only would have been here for one or two games if he didn't play so well. Right. And, you know, he got five or six. And, and Clem Costa, don't get me started on that guy. If he had <laughs> different plumbing, I'd take him out to dinner. <laughs> well, and also, too, I mean, Co- Coach Berube, like left him in the lineup a couple of extra games because he was playing so well. Yeah. How, how do you, uh, from your outside perspective, inside perspective, see this Petro thing going down at the end of the year? My man is playing absolute. I mean, I the think best he knows that he's ever on a contract here. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I think he's heard it a couple times. <laughs> yeah. I, I have no. I haven't had conversations with them. And, well, not you know, him yeah, yeah, or you never know. I, yeah. I really, you know, I listen to talk radio. I listen to. Uh, different people around, you know, inside, outside the organization, and really not anybody has an idea yeah. what's going to happen. Okay, well, let me throw it on you then. You're, you're Petrangelo. Put yourself in his shoes. Married a St. Louis girl. They have twins, I think, Trip- right? Triplets. Triplets. Uh, and he's play- playing the best hockey of his career. He's already made a ton of money. Would you do a hometown discount to stay here? Not necessarily you personally, but in that situation, what do you think the likelihood is? Okay, but hold on. I want to throw on another side of <laughs> All this right. for, for Mr. For, for, for Petro. It's going to be probably your last chance yeah. for the big cash-in deal. Right. And that's why if dude goes somewhere that gets $10 million a year it. for yeah, six I years, I go, meh. I can understand yeah, that. Disappointed, but not mad. But but I mean, I get it. I, 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 I think that my opinion of how athletes take that money has definitely changed over the years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because at this point, you don't know how long it's going to happen. Well, what happens if, if you get hurt? Whatever, man. you got to cash in when you can. Ever since uh, Pujols prayed on it. <laughs> and God took him to, where'd he go? <laughs> Anaheim. Anaheim. I don't know if Petro's praying on it or not, <laughs> but thoughts on it. Like you said, you, you can Gut feeling you, anything. You, you can talk both ways, and uh, you know, great, you know, points that you brought up. Married a St. Louis girl, been here your whole career, have a chance to just continue that legacy, and you know, probably play the most games in Blues history. Uh, he'll pass me up in you know another year or two. With you may have taken care of. Oh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> just in case. Just in case. I go. I know a guy named Galuli. I can call. <laughs> yeah. But Sorry. you know, and the other way too, like you said probably the last chance for him to sign a big deal and he would be taking a, a, a discount here, but quality of life, you know, 3 million somewhere or, you know, it's half hard a million to say. less here or something. Yeah. I know what you're saying. You, you yeah. don't want to throw a number out. Yeah. And, you and can't imagine, you know, I'm not in his shoes. Uh, you know, possibly could I have gone somewhere else and got more money? Yeah. But, you know, it was different for me. I I, I was kind of right in the the prime of my career here, and really wanted to build what I started. And you know, maybe him winning a cup, he wants to go win somewhere else and, and prove that he is that guy. Or you know, maybe he's he's happy with being the captain of this team, and he's just kind of waiting around to to make people sweat. But there's, I mean, there's room up there for another <laughs> another banner. I if, see it. If he goes somewhere, if he, if he goes to, to be a free agent, and I'm Brendan Shanahan and everybody in Toronto. I'm getting the Brinks truck. 
I'm back. I'm I'm asking whatever the hell that he wants in that sucker, and I'm and I'm jam packing it in that thing. Yeah, but you go to Toronto, you already got three guys that are making thirty five million dollars, right. and you add him, that's forty seven million. And what do you got for the rest? What of do you the got team? the rest of the team? Yeah. So, you know, I think Army has done a great job of not over committing to one or two or three players. There's obviously guys that are making good money with. You know Tarasenko, Shen, and and Falk, and and these deals. But if you look at these players anywhere else on free agent market, they're going to be making another two million dollars. So, um, and that's why the team's successful. They have a solid four line, you know, seven defensemen uh, team. Whereas, you know, you spend too much, you turn into the L.A. Kings, you turn into Toronto that. You know they're at the cap, but they're still say they're missing three or four pieces. Yeah, so yeah. Chicago yeah. top heavy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they've had to you know kind of switch around their their bottom guys every year, and, and you don't really have that uh, continuity that that the Blues have had for the last couple of years. It just breaks my heart to see two of them struggle. You know what I mean? Like the, Who's that? the Hawks. Oh yeah, yeah. I hate I mean, it. Me too. It sucks, it just, man. I really, really it, it hate just, that. It, I mean, yeah. I cry about it constantly. You know what? I don't because I think they're all douches. How's that? I said it. When I type to you, when I text to you, the douche hawks. Right. It autocorrects. Like it autofills douche hawks. That's how many times I've texted it in my life. My my daughter my daughter asked me this question the other day. She said, "Dad, if for if and I know they won't, but if the Blues would ever move." Wouldn't you root for Chicago because that's the one of the closest teams? No, and I was no. like, no, honey, I would not root for Chicago. No, and she no. and she like put it on me. She's like, who would you root for? And I said, I guess I would root for Minnesota because it's a hockey. No, I, I wouldn't. It, oh no. boy! Okay. Yeah, they knocked me out of the playoffs a couple. There of years. you go. All right. so take them I'll off the list. Different things. Uh, I'd okay. cheer for Florida or something where you can go down, play some golf, and watch them play. All right, very good. <laughs> and probably in those stadiums, Smart get a good guy. seat at one of the go- or one of the games. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Too. I think his water bottle is almost empty, and he said when he's done with water, he's out. He's out. Yeah, just so you know, Barrett yeah. Jackman. Thank you so much, man. Oh, my pleasure. Is there anything you need to plug? Yeah, is there anything we want to like anything you want to talk about? We, we've completely plug, monopolized the conversation. Whatsoever. Yeah, uh, if, if you guys like tequila, I'm yes. uh, involved in a tequila company called Cody Go 1530. That's uh, what they had. I was going to ask yeah, you what they had. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, it's just a great tasting tequila, very pure. Um, we got uh, Brett Hall's involved in that. So, he, so wait, wait, wait. It gives he you drinks? a great it gives you a great singing voice. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know he drank. Good yeah, for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. All right. uh, yeah, George Strait's uh, kind of the face of the uh, the company. In all stores, you can find it everywhere. Yeah, you can okay. find it everywhere. So, uh, okay. and if you're in a bar or restaurant and they don't have it, uh, still ask for it and, and tell them they should get it in. All right. And on that note, we are looking for sponsorships of right. the last. <laughs> I'll send you a, sp- a price sheet. Well, sure. and also too, you're doing the podcast with Jeremy Rutherford. Yeah, we as went. Well. Shoot, we right. went blue, so uh, it ties into the more tequila. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Jr. He asked me uh, in the summer if I'd like to do it, and you know, I was very hesitant. But uh, it's been fun. It's where it's where are we fun. finding it? Uh, on the Athletic for uh, Fridays, but uh, the Monday shows you can find on all. Uh, your uh, podcast, like Spotify uh, and, and iTunes, all those, and all that. Yeah. Great, yeah, great, excellent. I'm gonna go listen to that on the way home. You know what? I yeah. think we did a great job. I think Jackman did okay. No, I think he did all right. Yeah, I think, I think okay. we could have it back. This, if anybody, <laughs> if anybody thinks we are ever lying about saying the NHL players are the best, it was an email, and he's like, yeah. You know? And he's dealt with us for like almost 40 minutes I now. I, I mean, know. that's pretty nice. Barrett Jackman, uh, former St. Louis Blue defenseman, thank you so much for your time. Oh, my pleasure. It was Thanks, fun. Dude. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, another episode of the Last Minute Blues podcast in the books. As always, let's go Blues. 
the Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.